Yo, 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 it's X and welcome to What's Out Media. Corey, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great. Hope everyone else is doing well. And today we got a special guest. Very Thank grateful to have him on. Trey Rosen, how you doing today, brother? Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. And if those of you guys who don't know, Trey Rosen is the brother of Elijah Wallace, who we had earlier on in season three. So sure. we had to get the bro on. Uh, his uh, most recent single, 2016, just dropped uh, this week. Oh, go, go check it out. All platforms, all platforms. Go check it out. So we're going to talk. worth a listen. We're, uh, we're definitely going to talk to Trey Rosen about, you know, him growing up, his avenue. We talked to his brother. His brother went the corporate route, then was like, I want to be, uh, you know, a watchmaker and then a rapper and all that. So now <laughs> we're going to hear how his brother, what is his brother's route to music? Because it seems like they're a very musically, you know, oriented family. So, yeah, how you doing, bro? I'm pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So tell us, so did you grow up? in Chicago or I know um I know uh Elijah was telling us he moved to Chicago at some point where were you born by then so I was born I was born in Chicago as well uh we moved out to Plano Illinois which is like a small town outside of Chicago about an hour I think like west um we moved out there when I was pretty young I don't remember exactly what grade but uh I didn't actually start staying I grew up kind of split between both cities so I didn't actually start spending much of my like adolescence or like the important years in Plano until like maybe like beginning of high school, late middle school, because okay. I have a lot of we have a lot of family in Chicago as well as our parents do business in Chicago. So uh, I would get picked up from school and would drop off at my grandma's house and really just stay out there while Elijah was playing basketball or while my parents were working the business. And then we'd come back to Plano and the day would repeat. So what are some values that you learned from your family having a business? Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, I would say the be the best thing I learned from it is just the um, value of time and just like how to manage time because I mean obviously like I feel like a lot of things uh the most the biggest misconception with everything every business that's like self-oriented like whether it's music real estate anything like that is that you still oh my gosh excuse me one second these dogs are going nuts for a second you're good Carlton looking boy what'd you say <laughs> I just said you're a Carlton looking boy. Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. What was that? Oh, you were just saying time management was kind of one of the biggest things. Yeah, the great memory. Yeah, uh, time management. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people just uh, kind of forget that like you still have to treat it like the nine to five. You know, you can't just wake up or like do do the bare minimum and expect just oh like one day I'll wake up and it'll all like just take off. You know, you still have to work and build it. So they just really instilled. Um, just like patience and just time management and just like really planning. Planning is a big thing too. Word, word, word. So when you were in school, I know Elijah played a little, was a little baller. Did you do anything? What did you do? Yeah, it was uh, because Elijah was such a star hooper. My parents really wanted me to hoop for a while, but uh, I was more inclined to football. Oh man, I don't have my background on, but my whole wall is like filled with uh, old football jerseys and stuff like that. Nice, nice, nice. So uh, you got started what, freshman year? Um, I started playing football really young actually. Uh, Jeez, I don't even remember. I started playing maybe when I was like probably like third, fourth grade. I played for a year and then stopped because uh, I think I, get, I either got a concussion or I just got really sick. My mom was not rocking with it. And uh, <laughs> I had to literally sneak back onto the football team. I, uh, I didn't start playing football again until I think it was like maybe my sophomore or junior year in high school. 
And it's because I would ask her every year, like, oh, mom, please. Like, I was just a little kid, you know, let me let me play. You feel me? But as again, Elijah was playing basketball. It just like, made more sense for them to put all the money into basketball. I came home one day with like a whole football equipment on. And I was like, hey, man, I ain't gonna lie. I knew how they worked. They never let us quit anything. So like once I came in with the pads, it was wraps. Like they wouldn't be like, oh, you have to quit the team, you know? I would be going back on everything they said. So that's how I pulled it off. And, then and what's like one of your like biggest highlights from uh, your football career? It's <laughs> like just like something that like you look back on and you'd be like, damn, I missed that. Man, um, damn, I don't even think I really have any like that. Honestly, I would say it's like, because ultimately like I love sports and everything, but I never was like playing sports like, oh man, I'm gonna go to the league or anything mm-hmm. like that. Always just something to do to like keep my mind sharp and just like stay in shape. You know, I didn't want to, you know, I just, did, I wanted to stay in shape and uh, I don't know, just like do something. I didn't like being home a lot. So I just wanted to be out, but I would get, I guess like the best experience was just like really just the team, like, like football practices and stuff like that goofing off. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Um, so when did you discover music or when did you know that music would be like an avenue for you? All right. So, uh, I've actually been like musically, I've been dealing with music really my whole life. Like it didn't really dawn upon me like that until really just recently. Cause me and my friend were talking about this. Um, I've been in, I've been like in choirs and stuff literally since I was in like kindergarten. And uh, then once like fifth grade is when like they let uh, the kid, like the students at our school play band and stuff like that. So I was in band from like fifth grade all the way up until maybe my eighth grade year. I stopped because, you know, once you get into high school, it's a whole different monster. Um, so yeah, I was always just really involved in music. I didn't know I wanted to start rapping until the 2016 XSL freestyle. I remember, I remember, I remember the day watching that. It was like 2 a.m. on the school night. And I remember like I watched it and I was like, oh my God. Like I was really, I was, I was in uh I didn't understand how the world worked when I was a kid. Like I used to think that like this is the dumbest thing ever, but I used to think that in order to be a musician, you had to come from like a family, like a background like that was already in the industry. And like that's how that came up. Like I never really like knew that people were like back in the day, like selling mixtapes out their trunks or anything like that. Like I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, I remember like watching that interview. And, and like uh, hearing like Uzi and uh, Yadi talk about their experiences, like, you know, starting off SoundCloud, being in school, making music, so on and so forth. And I was like, oh, wait, like I could do this right now. Like I didn't know that. So I ran into my mom's room. And I was like, mom, like I want to be a rapper. I didn't even know you could do that. Yada, yada. And she shot the shit down immediately. <laughs> she was like, nah, that's cap. If you wanted to be a rapper, you would have been doing that. And at the time, like I was lucky, like a little like it took me back. I was like, damn, I like she's lucky kind of right. But I'm very thankful that she did that because after that, it kind of like flip the switch like man she's right like if i'm gonna do this like they said that they've been doing this they just started doing it one day like why not start now and ever since then i was just like truly writing and um i didn't actually start actively pursuing it until like after in college until college once i like realized like the market that was like a that was a, embedded within music like that was on the campus with forty thousand people you know they were all listening to the same type of music i wanted to I liked, and not only that, but like I was like the I went to school in Iowa, so I was like one of the only Chicago kids in the town. So like I had like a little bit of a like that being the outsider made it like it just worked worked perfectly hand in hand. So yeah. So what school did you end up going to? What made you choose your school? The University of Iowa, and uh, I chose the University of Iowa because I wanted to be far from home, but not too far to where like I'd have to like take a train or like a like a, a flight or anything like that. So I chose Iowa because it was kind of close. It was like only three hours away, but three hours is my black parents weren't going to drive three hours consistently to come see me. I just knew that was a knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but yeah, I went out there. I chose that solely because, like I said, it was still like 
this this the culture i knew the culture couldn't have been too different because i know there's not any like major cities in iowa so like ultimately like the only cities they could have drawn from was either chicago or like kansas city or so on so like, it just it just made sense nice 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 what did you do in uh college what did you start rapping then in college yeah that's exactly when i started rapping um i started putting out music then but i think i put out like a mixtape it was like seven songs or something like that and i just didn't have like the right mindset with it you know i wasn't taking it truly seriously i didn't understand the uh the business side of it but being around like just being around the group of different people and really just like that was my first time being like like not knowing anybody i went to school with or anything like that so it was like it gave me the time to, like truly find myself and like what i was about and so on and so forth so it's just i'm very thankful for my experience in iowa Shout out yeah, to the no, 10. Yeah, did you uh have any like shows or anything or events for your fellow classmates uh, in uh, college? Uh, so it was, I was actually in a frat where I started a frat my freshman oh, year. So I, <laughs> yeah, I, that sounds like you did. <laughs> yeah, we were, it was it was pretty decent. Uh what is it? So um my freshman year, like I said, I came in, I didn't know anybody, and uh, I was trying to figure out how to get booze, like every every freshman. And uh, there was this guy, I literally knew him because uh like it was just knowing, oh, like he get you booze because he had a beard. He was like a young kid with a beard. Nobody ID'd him, whatever, whatever. I'm linked with this dude. We ended up building a friendship, started a fake frat. We really just wanted to start like throwing parties on campus without having to pay for it. And the only way to do that was like build a frat and tell people, oh, like pay these dues, so on and so forth. It was low-key a little pyramid scheme, right? But either way, uh, that got lit. It got to the point where uh, the parties had just gotten known on campus. Like I remember the biggest party we had, we had like the entire starting football like roster there and then like the whole cheerleaders there too. And it was like it was like a project x type of thing i cannot make this up like people were like breaking into like uh dorms and all types of stuff. not dorms but like into like other houses it was crazy um but long story short we merged with another frat and that frat was like had really good bar ties on campus and i would just like go on like i would just have uh the djs at the bars like stream my music or play my music and that was kind of just how I, I would get by i didn't like actually like go up and perform anywhere though but like people kind of started to recognize me as like oh he's that guy who raps and like is like involved with the party scene so let's talk about that. Okay, so starting your own frat. What what comes up with that idea? Who comes up with, oh, well, you know, oh, I could join this frat, I could join that frat, but I'm gonna, yo, I'm gonna make my own. Well, what made you think about that? Um, thankfully it wasn't my idea. Uh the friend group that I was involved with, they kind of just like they just knew the roof. I guess their parents like were they had they had like history on campus or so on and so forth. But anyway, they reached out to uh I think it was like called Theta Chi or something like that. Was they reached out to uh like their headquarters and said, oh we want to start a uh start a frat. And it's not like it was like an actual like scam or anything like that. It's just the way to start a frat is like the people who bring a frat to a college campus there, by the time like they graduate, that frat's not even like verified on the campus. Like there's so many hoops and stuff you have to jump through jump through. But we knew during that time is like when like you could have the most fun because you were a frat but you weren't regulated as a frat you know so you could really get by on anything and that was our bread and butter so we were just like trying to build like a i guess like it was kind of like just building a small business you had to build like a, a a audience of people you know like come to join a frat have parties so on and so forth and in the midst of that um like i said yeah it just got a little bit bigger than what it was and we just merged with a frat i don't i don't know how big did it get yeah i don't know i don't know exactly how they like started off reaching out with um like to like the actual nationals or anything but my role on it was like i was kind of just like like the like i think i was like the head of security or whatever so like at parties what is it uh i was just the guy who was kind of just like overall that like letting people in like i would just be known because i was always like walking through the parties just like oh like that's the guy you go to like he's kind of like over it i was just like known to like kind of like hold shit down <laughs> there we go 
It was pretty fun though. I can't lie, I miss those days. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you have any uh, stories on like some of the chaos that brewed from that? <sighs> um, <laughs> man, I have a I have a couple stories. I remember one song I had said, uh, like, uh, you ever seen somebody seizure leaning off some fake drink? Like people were like, like you know the whole frat lifestyle, just like drugs, party, and all that stuff. I remember somebody like thought that they had lean, but it was like a bottle of Robitussin. <laughs> and they poured up some robotizing and started spazzing out. That was probably one of the scariest moments. Oh my gosh. But it was funny because like the guy was perfectly fine. Like, you know, we were all obviously like very concerned because he was on the ground, like kind of like twitching out or whatever. But as soon as we were like, okay, we gotta call the ambulance, and man, snapped up. Like it was like, <laughs> he's like, like no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, gang, I'm good. And then popped back up. And then that was kind of the end of it. But uh that guy ended up being like my big and uh once we merged with another frat, that guy ended up being my big, so it was pretty funny. <laughs> But I'll say that was probably the craziest one. Other than that, that whole party is just oh, we had some people uh jump off a roof like that classic like little oh yeah, we had people jumping off a of roof onto like uh, tables and shit like that. It was pretty fun, man. It was definitely I do miss my little college times just for the partying, partying of it. But I was not a good student. I was on like academic probation and some more shit. I was gonna ask on the student side. So what did you study? I was uh majoring in enterprise leadership, which is basically like how to build businesses with a minor in rhetoric, communications, and music, and Ultimately, I, I, like I said, I, I came to college knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Like after that conversation with my mom about like, oh, if you really want to be a rapper, that's what you, that's what like, you would have started doing that. So really like after that conversation, I started writing music, kind of like trying to figure out what type of artist I wanted to be. And I knew that like once I got to college, like my whole focus would just be like building up, like just like building, like finding confidence in myself and then like trying to see if I could like draw people around me, you know, and after like that whole frat situation and seeing that, that gave me the confidence I needed to, okay, like anything I want to do, I just gotta like really just put my mind to it and I'll be able to do it. Word. So what took you out of uh, University of Iowa? Um, so the whole pandemic, like I came into college, pandemic wasn't a thing. Then my sophomore year, the pandemic hit and like the whole college lifestyle kind of like it flipped on on its head, you know, like it was it, everything was online. It was just really weird. And not only that, but at that point in time, I was like, I knew like music was 100% what I wanted to do. I started building like a clothing brand with it as well. And uh, I just told my parents, I was like, okay, like um, with the way school is going, can I just like have a year off to like really just try this? And, and not only that, but um, with me being out of state, tuition was really high. So like the way I finessed it was like, hey, if I take a year off, I can like gain residency in Iowa, get a cut on tuition so I can get in-state tuition, saving us money. And then also, you know, have the time to build this business while, you know, like I'm not just like effing off time. And that was really the, their main concern. So once I took that year off, things just started to like build up. Like by the end of the by the end of the year off, I ended up like signing a management deal, and I was just like doing shows and stuff like that. Like not super big by any means, but it was just like you, they could see the progress in it. They saw how serious it was, and not only that, but with Elijah's growth in that year, just the way everything kind of like came about, it was like just really divine timing. Not only that, I was facing some legal troubles, so it was just a lot of things going on at the time. So it's just like. It's just like I leaned into my family and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna take the leap. I'm just like, you gotta see, like, you see what I'm doing, you see like that it has potential. If I just come to Chicago where like my home base is and just like come back to everything, I know everything will go up. And through the grace of God, that's exactly how it went. Dope to hear. Let's talk about this management deal. How did this management deal get into play? How did this come into play? Um, so I had the first studio I had ever really recorded at, that's the ended up uh I signed the management deal to. I'm no longer signed to them. But what is it? Uh, 
yeah, uh, they just started rocking with me. We just built a, a nice relationship. Uh, I was just kind of just coming there consistently. They saw the talent. And then uh, I think what ended up happening was they had gotten, they had grew to the point where they were just doing bigger and serious, more shows. Like they started booking DCG and just, just, a, just having like a lot of bigger connections in the city. Like they're throwing shows at the Forge and still, this, the relationship's still love. There's never been any beef or anything like that. Like it's, I'm very thankful for what they've done for me. But um, ultimately, yeah, like I just was showing them love, coming to their concert, they were recognizing like that. Their fan base was really drawn to me. Like everybody was liking my music. And I just ended up being one of like the underground artists that was like people were like looking for. And from there, that's how the relationship built. And how'd you start saying that, saying that you uh, actually had like a little bit of a cult following uh, through your underground rap? Um, it was because I was, like I said, I was just doing, like they were the only people I was doing shows with. Mm-hmm. So essentially like, they just ended up starting like rock with me more. So like I was just like, I would be on the cards more. So like ultimately like their fan base, I guess, essentially kind of just like gravitated towards me. And then not only that, but I was doing TikTok. I'm still doing very relevant on TikTok. So I was just like, just doing my best to promote it and like bringing my actual friends, whether it was from like the length of life, like just like long, long time, like sandbox friends, college friends, the people I met out there, just, I just had so many different friend groups and social networks to pull like to pull from and ultimately that's how like the cult following kind of got built and it's kind of impressive because uh you know not only yourself having this cult following your brother has been able to grow this cult following as well let's talk about like tiktok strategies your brother mentioned to us that you know he posted daily and didn't care how many views he was getting on it and he just posted daily what were you what was your strategy so um i just started off on tiktok first thankfully so I just got to uh, look. I really got a lot of my motivation from him. So uh, I knew, I did a little bit of research myself. I knew that like the best way to grow on TikTok was to try to like post 10 videos a day. So that's essentially what I was trying to do. Like every day I would try to post 10 minute, ten videos, no matter, same thing, like no matter how many views they got, just consistently posting. Cause at least of those 10 videos, at least two of them are gonna get, when you're like, like at like hundred followers on TikTok, two of them are gonna get 200, 300 followers or not followers, but 300 views. And if you consistently keep posting like that, those same people are going to kind of, so that's like how you build the fan base. So essentially I was just working that just really just a slow grind. And uh, one day it just kind of took off. I woke up one day, um, a video had went viral. And next thing you know, I had like a couple, a couple hundred followers from there. Then a few weeks after that, the same thing would just happen. Like TikTok's really just like, TikTok really just follows a strong algorithm. No matter what, it pushes uh, your content to 10% of your followers. So if you have that in mind and you just try to make, content that's going to be relatable to just that 10% and have those 10%, everybody who sees it like it, then that's going to have lead better chances for them, you know, for it to blow up. Because let's say you have a thousand followers, a hundred people like this photo. Well, then most likely, you know, it's going to start messing with that, you know, instead of like that 10, those hundred people seeing it, only 20 people liking it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely see a similarity between how you and uh, Elijah run your uh, TikTok. It's a little different, but I do see a lot of similarities to that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like I say, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely learned from him. He's very, I, I'm very thankful for to have him on the, on the big brother side of things. <laughs> this game helps a lot. So, so Elijah being a big brother, uh, do you often see yourself uh, kind of uh, looking at his challenges and then you are now prepared for those same challenges when they come towards you? Uh, yeah, 100%, especially now that, uh, he surpassed me because I've done, I've been doing music, like I said, for like the longest time. Like I've been making, when I made, when I first released that EP that I was talking about, I don't think Elijah had had a song out by then. So essentially like 
I got to watch him like he took over the content realm and I was just like really just focused on music because I like I said I didn't really know the business end of it like he had a better business mindset already going into it and once I like start to recognize like that business is very, just as important as the music that's when it really just started to okay all like I, my eyes started to open and I started to come to him for advice and just like I don't know like he's I really don't even know how to explain it ultimately um he's like a he's like a manager role at this point <laughs> That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. So we talked about the 2016 XXL, you know, freestyle. Um, what other inspirations do you have in music? Well, um, my top three favorite artists of all time, No Order, Young Thug, J. Cole, and Special Ed. I love Young Thug for like just his like indi uh, individuality and just unapologeticness. Like he's always been himself. He's never cared to like follow the status quo or to fit into a box and he just constantly expands the hip-hop industry so i respect that j cole is a great lyricist and just like his overall message i love and then special ed he's just an older rapper i'm not sure if you're familiar with him but his flow is crazy so like i just pulled i, I would say i built my artistry from those three those three things that i just mentioned dope and do you have any other inspirations maybe that doesn't have to deal with you know rap Oh, my father. My father is a big inspiration, just like with his business mindset. Um, besides that, man, that's a good question. I don't really know. God, his family, just really just like the world with that. Like, I don't know. Like my my main thing, like the whole reason uh, I love music so much is I wanted to be what it, uh, what music was for me in my darkest times. So I would say like that's the inspiration I pull from. Like I try to like relate to people and just like talk about things that not everybody can talk about. I want to get, I want my music to like be more substance based, but essentially I got to like cater to the crowd while I'm in like the build up, you know? So let's talk about some more music. When uh, you, you're you're thinking about dropping an EP, am I right? Yes, sir. Uh, on my birthday, November 7th, I'll go ahead and get the date, why not? Yeah, I wanna drop a seven song EP on my birthday. I feel like that's only right. Uh, I have a, I'm involved with a brand called 777 Crazy. Like November 7th, I'm big on numbers and like spiritual numbers, God made the earth in seven days. The name, the reason my name's Trevor Sean, it used to be the number three because of the Holy Trinity. But yeah, I just love, I just love the whole holiness, holy divinity. But yeah, uh, yeah, I want to drop a seven song EP on my on my birthday. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. I don't think I'll release the title yet, but yeah. Great to hear. So let's talk about like your pr progression. So you mentioned you dropped something, you dropped an EP way back in the day. So when you're working on this new one, what what are some new insights that you have? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I would say like uh, the the first EP I dropped, um, I kind of just wanted to. I was still trying trying to like find my sound, and I feel like that's a big thing. Like I, that's an insight I would give if you're gonna drop an EP, know like your sound already, because essentially like that's putting together a body of work. And I didn't really like look at it like that. You know, you want your EP to read like a book. You want all the songs kind of at least for me like that's that type of artist I want to be. So I, I've just put more thought into it and um, just like basing it around like a certain moment of my life instead of just like ultimately like who I am or like what I like to talk about, you know, it's just more substance built. And uh, what's your, uh, I guess your creative process. You said that you look at it like a certain moment in, uh, in your life. Is it like uh, you look at like certain times where things were really rough or things were going uh, really well. Um, and for this EP, I'm gonna I'm looking more into like the uh, rough like heartbreak <laughs> type of era. Mm -hmm. 
um, I just feel like that kind of just like makes more sense. I feel like uh, 2016 that that kind of that sound is kind of what I'm going for. Um, my create my like creative process is uh, really I like to like create alone. Like um, I have a great producer. Um, he'll send me beats and we'll just really like cultivate them. Like whether it's like we're working on a sample, like I'll like I'll, I'll give a little insight. Like I'm working on a Elijah Wallace sample. Like I'm gonna sample one of his popular songs. But uh, really, just like finding a beat, taking my time on it, and like you know, like every, not everybody's choose for it, you know. I'm not gonna go into the studio and freestyle, and I feel like that's the that's a that's like the normal thing to do nowadays. Like a lot of people aren't like sharpening their pencil, and like I want I want every bar to hit. Like I, I just want everything to like make sense, pull out onto my music. So yeah, really, just sitting down, being alone. Like I'll be in most of the time a dark room, just writing, just writing, <laughs> listening to the beat. Um, if not that, if I am just having fun, like there are some, some fun songs that I'll just go into the studio, probably get a little tipsy, smoke a little weed, and uh, just go in there, vibe with some friends. But besides that, I really just like to create alone, just me, the engineer, and me and the producer. I feel that. I feel that. So your brother coming late into the game when it comes into music creation, Pat, did he come to you at all and ask you for any <laughs> advice? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. He definitely did. Uh, I'm not going to, I can't take credit for any of his work. Elijah's his own artist. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, nah, that's definitely, it's very, uh, I, I think that, uh, like how I was saying, like, it's very helpful to have him on the content creation side. I'm sure it's the same way on the music side. Um, I know, like, one of his biggest things that he stressed to me when he was coming to, coming to me for advice was that I'm the target market, market, like, I'm the demographic that you're trying to sell music to no matter what. And I feel like that's very helpful for in me creating music and also like how he's needs somebody like he has a, a he has a example a group of examples that all my friends like we can listen to his music and give him feedback and let him know like oh okay like maybe we don't say this no more or like something something like that like not to say brody's getting old or anything like that but there there might be a little bit of, it helps with a little bit of the disconnect i feel that so a consultant in a way you guys both consult each other in in different ways Exactly. Um, you know, there's the, uh, you know, there's the, the Paul brothers, there's the Tate brothers, you know, there's the Wallace brothers, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all going to be the next internet duo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would be really dope. I don't think I know any like rapper brothers, like that are like legit giving you insights into their lives or, or they are like all over the content space. And I love that about us. I think that's something that we, we give that's different. So you visited him in New York, right? I think it was his birthday weekend or so. And you guys made a dope song with a dope video. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that was dope. Um, so the way that all came about, it's funny. Um, I was trying to figure out, like, I like to plan out my drops. So I knew I wanted to work with him. I wanted to drop a song on his birthday. So I hit him up and I was like, hey, bro, like, what do you think about like collabing on a, a song for your birthday type ish? And he was really rocking with it. So I hit up my boy, Michael. I asked him, I wanted him to have full creative direction with the song. Um, and I wanted it to be his song, you know. That was like the whole thing. I wanted to give. I wanted to gift him a song, you know. Um, on top of like the little shopping spree that I gave him, shameless plug. Go watch that YouTube vlog. <laughs> but what is it? Uh, so yeah, I hit up my boy Michael. Um, I told him that I asked Elijah like what like sound he wanted to go for, and the inspiration was uh Future and Drake like championship vibes. I'm pretty sure that was what it was. And my boy Michael stumbled upon this beat pack that had like a. Um, I had a sample that was similar to family first he like recognized like the whole family you know like the whatever i'm trying you get what i'm trying to say and ultimately like he cooked it up and it was hard i sent it to elijah and we both like the beat was something that's completely different to both of us like that's a i feel like that's something that a lot of the supporters will recognize immediately that it doesn't sound like either of our traditional music 
And that was something that I really like liked about the song because it challenged us. Like I remember when we got the beat back, we were like, oh crap, this beat's hard as fuck. But like, how the fuck do we hop on this? <laughs> like, we don't know where to go. <laughs> so uh I, thankfully he went first. He kind of uh, gave the direction of it. And then from there it was just really easy. He sent me back the song probably about like uh, a couple days later. And I was so excited I sent it back to him in like a few hours. And then he's like, damn, you got on that quick. Do you want to add a second verse? Like we're going back and forth. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And by that time, like it was a little uh, late on the timing of the song because we wanted it to come out exactly on this birthday that week. But the song didn't end up coming out till September 30th. But that's because like we're both perfectionists and we wanted to like make sure it was a good product, you know? So uh, yeah, we flew out to New York. He flew me out. That was pretty dope. Spent the weekend with them, turned up in New York City, recorded the video, and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, so when you guys collab, um, you know, being brothers, is it uh, easier because you guys, you know, know each other so well, or is it harder because, like, the pressure's tight? Like, what is your experience between, like, working with your brother? Um, I've only done it, well, I've done it twice. There's an other release song uh, called Obi-Wan Kenobi, Bang Down Elijah's Door for it. Um, but I only did the Alex on that song. That song was pretty fun. Uh, he just came to Chicago and we went to the studio together and he just made the song. And at first he wasn't going to do ad-libs, but I suggested that he should. And he didn't know, like, he didn't have, like, any idea of where to go with it creatively. So I was like, oh, well, maybe you should try this. And I walked in and just did it. And he's like, fuck it, we'll just keep those ones. But the song never ended up coming out. But this song, it was a little bit different. And it's the same thing. Like, it, it was never really hard. It was just, okay. We didn't even, like, talk about what we wanted to talk about. It was just, like, okay, here's the beat. Whatever you hop on it, whatever you feel like speaking about, whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. Like I said, I gave him full create, uh, creative direction. And then after that, I just wanted to make sure that like, like my bars were like, were making like, I wanted to make sure like we we're on the same topic, you know, like we were talking about the same shit. Like he couldn't have been talking about like dancing and I'm over here on some tree stuff. Like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So essentially I, I just want to make sure everything like flowed and read like a book. Yeah. It wasn't hard by any means though. Word. Let's talk a little bit about clothing. So you talk about some of your, you know, you, you got a clothing brand. Let's talk a little bit about it. <clears throat> so Rose Garden, that's my merch. Um, you can see it in my Instagram bio. Um, actually, I think I have hoodies. Yeah, it's my first drop. We've only done one drop so far. So, you know, a little simple R to represent the real shine, whatever. And then the big graphic on the back. Dope. And I don't know if you can see it because the green screen. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we have another brand I'm involved with, 777 Crazy. Couple hats, couple shirts, couple hoodies. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was just like to. I just love fashion. I just always like, I like everything like where you can express yourself. So music, fashion, movies. I want to like, down the line, like create my own anime. There's just a bunch of stuff creatively I want to do. Let's talk about, so we already talked about it on the music side. What are some movies? What are some animes? What are things that you like? <laughs> like? Let's, let's talk about that. All right, bet. Um, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I love all things anime. Uh, Movies wise, I like action movies, comedy movies, um, rom-coms, to be honest with you, I'm not gonna cat. I love a good rom-com, but <laughs> what is it? Oh uh, yeah, no, Naruto, Black Clover, um, Seven Deadly Sins. So it's, I love a lot of like all things like that. And then even music wise, like I always like all styles of music. Like I listen to country, I like rap, I like alternative music. 
Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm all over the place. I think it was like, because I grew up in between Chicago and Plano. So it was just like so much culture on both sides to get like, that's like the small town that I grew up, obviously is where the country comes from. Like every football game, that's what's playing. You know, I just grew up hearing that, but then also living with my grandma for a certain bit of time or, you know, like staying over there for weeks on end, like you just get the Chicago elements. Like I remember when Chief Keef was first blowing up, we were hip to that. And like, I essentially, like, I remember us putting on a lot of Plano people to Chief Keef and like watching it just go like wildfire. So it was pretty dope. I just like grew up having a bunch of culture, a bunch of the different things to pull from. And yeah. <clears throat> so uh, being around all that uh, different culture, how do you think that like translates to your music and your content um i think that that's what helps me be so relatable and like that's what i mean when i say like i, I think about what i want to talk about like so much because there's so many things i can talk about you know i can talk about you know like uh, chicago and what it's like growing up there just off like telling my cousin's story or like a relative story or my father my mother something like that but then i can also tell you what it's like being like a, a kid in the small town where you like you feel like you're unheard or like you're like the outcast you know i can i can reach both sides of the market i can talk to all of the spectrums and um not only that but because i grew up in between both places i know how to talk to all those people you know what i'm saying i can i can deliver it in a way where everybody can understand it and yeah, I think that's kind of like something I just like really like try to like bring into my music within every like lyric or something like that. Like I try to say it to where everybody understands it, whether you're from Chicago, whether you're from Iowa, whether you're from Wyoming, LA, how, however you want to do it, I can like communicate and express myself in a, in a pretty positive way. And not only that, but I try to stay positive, even though like I'm talking about sad things, I'm talking about how you get through them or like how to have the right mindset. And yeah, just kind of just want to spread positivity. So, I think that's just a great thing about, you know, growing up in the Midwest, uh, you know, in the Chicago area and in our area that we grew up in Ohio is like you get that the best of both worlds. You get to understand both worlds and have a better, you know, comprehension. And you can just communicate with certain people and be like, OK, yeah, I know. I know what type of archetype you are. I can exactly. communicate with you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You start to you start to be able to read people in a certain way or like like you can like like how you said like a different archetype you can like ultimately like not to like say like um you can just judge, judge a book by its cover but like you just like know how to like how to like break through that like guard that they may have up because you've seen so many same people or so many people like from the same background and it's, it's a beautiful thing honestly dope so look i'm gonna ask you a tough question not a tough question but a deep question okay i've gotten i'm using context clues from this interview I'm going to ask you, what has God done in your life? <laughs> um, God's played a very strong role in my life. I, I give everything up to God. I see myself as a very spiritual person. Um, I've been I've been at the lowest of lows. I've kind of like like a part of being able to speak to a part of the reason why I can speak to everybody is because I've, I can relate to everybody. You know, I've been I've been I've lived times in my life where, you know, we've struggled out seeing the higher sides of times, you know, like I don't know. Um, I've been depressed like I, at one point clinically and I've just I've just been through a lot in my life for me to be so young like my parents have been telling me for the longest like I'm I'm 21 going on 34 something like that you know I just have a I have an old soul and um, going through those hard times you know you have to have you have to find some reason to keep going you know you have to have that like light at the end of the tunnel and the best advice I was ever given was um, 
if you don't believe in God, or my father told me this when I was really young, going through a hard time. He said, if you if you're having struggles believing in God, like wondering, like asking, find yourself asking, like, oh, why is this happening to me, or so on and so forth. Have faith in my God because in my hardest times, I look to Him and He's pulled me through it. And I've gotten I've gotten this far. You see me, you see what I've become. You see how how I have you. You know, I'm taking care of everything. Like you've seen me in my struggles, and I look to this God, and this is the God who pulls me through it. And like, I just saw that being like, that was just like so powerful to me. Cause like, you never really like look at it like that. You know, like there's only one God, but like everybody has their one relationship with that said God. So essentially you have your own God, you know? So like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how, how you relate to that, how you, how you digest that. But ultimately I digested it as like, okay, well, essentially like there is a, there's a powerful force out there. I always believed that. And having somebody who was so faithful and had like showing and expressing that belief and like seeing the great things that they did it was just it's really hard to like look in those hard times and like think negatively because you just know like okay like it's just a moment i just have to get through it you know there's it's possible there's light at the end of the tunnel so what yeah. will be your advice to someone who's like yo i'm in it i'm i'm down i'm down bad what is your what will be your advice for the, to them um i would say feel it like okay, you're, you're down bad, you're in that, okay, really recognize, like, that you're in that moment, and, like, really digest it, and, like, try to break down why you're in there. I feel like a lot of people, like, look so quickly to cope, or, like, blame things, or, like, victim, victim blame, or just, like, shift the problem outside of themselves, and ultimately, like, not saying that you're always the problem, but, like, ultimately, like, you always play a part into your situation, and you're, how you're choosing to look at something, you know, and that's what I mean by that, like, yeah, you might be going through the thick of it, but like if you're waking up every day telling yourself like, oh man, this sucks, my life sucks, like yada, 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 how, how the hell are you gonna think of a way to get out of it if you're in that mindset? Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to, you have to, you have to find something to live for, like look towards the future. And yeah, that would be like my best advice to you. So you gotta- That's great advice. That's great yeah. advice. You gotta always remember that like, you know, it is your life. You have, some, you have a lot of control in your life. You know, obviously there's gonna be things that, are going to happen that you don't have a lot of control in but you got to recognize that this is your life and you got to take responsibility for it exactly for sure and i'm also like a big uh, believer in like old sayings because i feel like like in time like time is the only thing that we have to look for you know and they say history repeats itself and i feel like the like people like miss the meaning in that like essentially what they're saying is like like all these old sayings that are getting passed down, they're getting passed down because they stuck for a reason, you know, like there's a lesson to learn in it. And I feel like people just like take it for face value and like don't really recognize things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also agree with that. Cause like <laughs> recently I've, I've like noticed like, you know, uh, I used to call these sayings like cheesy and everything because it's repeated over and over again. But then you gotta think, why is it repeated over and over again? Exactly, man. There's Cause a it's right. <laughs> there's a reason for that, man. There's not, that's like in all of history, like these, these, no matter like how time progressed, like how the world changes, these same old sayings stick around. It doesn't, right. <laughs> it's almost scary. Like when you really like break down like what an old saying means and like you finally have that epiphany, you're like, damn, I fucked mm-hmm. up really slow. <laughs> this my whole life. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's like that simple too. It's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, it's like shit like be yourself, you know? Like, oh, no, this out, man. like what? Wait, what does that even mean? Like, I'm only like, like damn. But reality, like you don't recognize that you're not mm. being yourself. You are like, you, I don't know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like uh, a one that I'm really, one old saying that I love is uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, you know? I feel like a lot of people don't really 
catch on to that. They're like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? How does that make sense? I remember somebody told me that when I was really young and I literally like laughed in their face. <laughs> you're, like, you're the dumbest person I could possibly meet in this moment. But in reality, like essentially, like if you could surround yourself with five people who are better than you, you have no choice but to be better. Iron sharpens iron. That's another one, you know, like it's mm-hmm. a, it's these same sayings. They're all saying the same thing. And I feel like it's like, a, like there's just somebody with an old file cabinet of like, okay, like what's this lesson you need to learn? Okay, let me let me show that saying that though. And then like, it's, it's probably how you take it, you know, like iron sharpen iron, show your, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Like those are, they mean the same thing, but like they're old saints that keep getting passed around and people are just not getting it, man. It's kind of sad. I pray for the world a lot. <laughs> What are your goals? What are your professional goals? Just being a rapper, being, you know, in fashion, you want to do animation. What is an overall like scope? What what are you looking for? Um, well, first and foremost, happiness, a great relationship with God and uh and to put like the my loved ones in, in position. But ultimately, like my biggest thing is like I like every day, like when I pray at night, like I pray for God to bless, to use my pockets to bless others. Like, uh, and that's just like, cause I remember like, there's been so many times in my life where I've like, wish I found like X amount of money on the floor, or just like, you know, like just had certain like resources that I didn't, or like just an outlook or somebody to go to. So ultimately, like, I just want to, I just want to like reach, uh, re- like gain as much as I can so I can give as much as I can at the same time. Like that's always been my thing. Like ultimately, like, I just want to make people happy, everybody happy. Like I said, like I want my music to, I want people to find my music and like, be what music was for me in the dark place. And that's like exactly what I mean. You know, I just want to give everything back. Like, um, you reap what you sow, you get what you put out, you know, old sayings. So like, essentially, like, the more I want to bless others, the more people will bless me. And like, essentially, I hope that that mind, like, the more I share my mindset with other people, the more that that mindset will like pass on to them and they'll share it to others and so on and so forth. And um, essentially change the world. Like, I'm not trying to look at myself at like some higher figure, but ultimately I just want to be the good to the world. But like, we live in a very, terrible time like honestly like it's probably one of the worst times in all history like with everything that's going on like there's a lot of wars that aren't even being spoken about there's just a lot of shit in the world that's going on and we need light like there you need to have some positivity in it like like it's the same thing with uh it kind of goes along with the advice that i would give people like if you're going through a dark time you gotta look at what you're doing in that moment so like we're living in the dark world look at what you're doing to play a part to are you just like being are you like confiding not me hiding not confiding but like are you are you being oblivious to it you know are you just like living blindly and acting like it doesn't exist hoping that one day it'll change itself or are you doing something to actively try to change the world make the world a better place and yeah that's essentially my whole goal just do whatever i can to make god's world better bless that's great to hear any last things any shout outs any anything you got anything Corey? you got any last questions i'll give you the floor a little bit if you got anything well yeah uh i am curious because you know i i love to hear um that you know you have all these things planned out with like like you know your anime that you want to make and uh obviously your music so is there anything else that we missed that uh you got like that you want to share to the world because you know at the end of the day like, I mean, as all artists want to do, they just want, you know, express themselves and show them, uh, show the world, like, you know, the highs and lows of life. So, well, anything else? Um, stay, just stay, I would tell people just uh, stay tuned, tap in, like, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like, ultimately, like, I want to be like, the, I want to be like the first person who gives you like a real deal, like, look into their life. Like, I have every, all things open windows, like, like, ultimately, I feel like, 
I don't have anything like to hide. So like, like ultimately, like I just want to like just share everything, you know. I want to give everybody like I want to be like not only a great rapper and like to just be successful, be like a Jay Z, yay type of person, but also like to show people like the inside of it, like every step of the way in real time, you know, like whether it's through vlogs, whether it's through the music. Like I want, I want somebody to like look at. I want them. I want my whole life to be on display, so that if they're going through a hard time in life, they can look. They can find something like that part of my life and like go directly into the like, and relate that, to it. That whole little like part of my life, whether it's like the vlogs, the music, the tweets, like everything, you know, wow. just like you just see all of it, you know. So then you can really understand, like, okay, like, well, this, like, not only that, but if you're watching that moment, you can watch the progression of it on. So you can like watch how I actively made changes and like see the people who are no longer in that, in those vlogs and recognize that, oh, maybe he was part of it. And I might even express it or something like that. But, um, and like, even like in everything I do, I want like the whole overall message to be like those old sayings. Like when I make my anime, I, I can't give out too much. So I want yeah, to like, yeah, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? But that. like, <laughs> essentially, I just want, I just want to, uh, I just want to be like an open book. Just a big open book. Yeah, I love that, man. Thank you. And uh, any shout outs, shout out my boy, uh, Joseph's gone. Shout out Michael. Um, shout out Crazy. Shout out Hancho. Shout out Elijah. Um, anybody else? I can't miss nobody. They're gonna be my ass. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. I ain't gonna lie. If I ain't shot you out, it's probably because y'all ain't rocking with me. So go tap in. <laughs> yeah. Tap in indeed. Yo, it's been what's out. Peace out. <laughs>